Hey Swifties, welcome to a brand new episode of Swifty School, where together we walk Clownilia Street covering the latest news and Easter eggs from our fearless leader, Taylor Swift. I'm your host, Reagan Bailey, and it is enchanting to have you here. Now that we're out of the woods, let's get into today's episode. another great day to be alive at the same time as Taylor Swift. Hello, everybody. What a 1989 coded week we have had. Mother really said, make me the most Googled person on earth and I'll give you a reward. And boy, have we been in for a treat. Now, if I'm being completely honest, I feel like we've had a lot of hype for a little bit in return. She gave us the track list names, which obviously excited about, but I would have loved just a tad bit more, but that's okay. You guys know me. I'm always down to clown. So this episode today is going to be covering everything we know thus far from the merch, the plethora of vinyls, the Eras Tour film updates, vault track songs, my thoughts, my predictions, and what I think Blondie has up her sleeve leading up to the rest of the release until 1989 TV. So without further ado, let's get right into it. First of all, I want to say thank you guys so much for the love on my latest collaboration with Castle Crystals. This was so much fun to create. Obviously, it's extremely 1989 coded. And if you're unfamiliar with the collection, you haven't had a chance to check it out yet. We've got blinged pop sockets, keychains, crewnecks. My personal favorite is obviously the Navy Crystal Swifty School established in 1989 uh, sweatshirt. And you guys can use code Swifty School for 10% off. I know a lot of people have been checking out so far, but not a lot of people have been using the 10% off code. So save some money, use code Swifty School. You'll get free shipping over $100. If you basically purchase two items, you'll get free shipping. So make sure to tag us once you guys start getting your items. I'm so excited to see you guys wear them. And of course, this would make such a good item to wear to the Eras Tour film. If you want like a cozy sweatshirt, maybe you could even pair it with like a cute sequin skirt if you want to do like cozy on top, party on bottom sort of situation. But Had to throw that in there because I want you guys to get your items while they're in stock. But let's talk about where we're at so far. So we, at the time of this episode coming out, we are about 36 days away from 1989 TV, which is crazy. And we've got 22 days until the Aerostore film. So the Aerostore film is creeping up on us very quickly, and I could not be more excited. I still have not figured out what I'm wearing, but I have a little idea for you guys I'll share. So Target currently sells a traffic light Halloween costume. It's from that like hide and eek brand that Target sells, like E-E-K, like spooky eek. Uh, It's traffic light costume. So you can get that. It's like literally like red, yellow, and green traffic light that lights up. And then you can put IDK. As the traffic lights, if it'll be all right, they say, I don't know, will be all of us for Halloween. So that would be cute, iconic. You could wear it for Halloween, wear it for the Air Store film. It's on sale. I saw it on the Target app for like $25. So if you're looking for something cute, fun, kitschy, cute little Instagram photo moment to wear, highly recommend that costume. Now let's talk about the VMAs. What has Taylor been up to? She has been bebopping around town. I feel like mostly going to dinner. I don't know what what she does the rest of the day. I would truly love like a vlog from this woman. Like what does she do all day? I think about this often. Is she like feverishly typing on PDFs like her ideas for Easter eggs? Does she have an entire team that just like manages Easter eggs for her and they tell her what the Easter eggs are going to be? Does she read books? Does she bake? I I know she does both of those things. I know she paints. A lot of people don't talk about the fact that she actually paints – I think she talked about this in an interview. I don't know. There's a lot of like, I've seen little tidbits online that she's actually a painter. Can you imagine one day, many, many moons from now, how much her paintings will go for in an auction? (laughs) 
I would love one. Um, I would even love if she sold like prints of her paintings. I digress. She has been bebopping around town, mostly around New York City, um, going to dinner. I know she goes to that restaurant via. You guys will have to message me and remind remind me the name New York Girlies. It's called like Via something V I A blank. I think she just went there with Blake Lila the other day. But she's been going to dinner. She was with Sophie Turner, which I think was the most shocking out of all of them uh went to dinner with sophie turner the other day she went to dinner with greta gerwig hello barbie producer um the two most fearless female leaders in the world at the moment absolutely iconic i would love to know what their conversations are like how does it feel being the most powerful female at the table and then they're like no how does it feel being the most powerful female and they're like no you and then they're just like oh, oh. i wonder what they ate Anyways, um, again, uh, a tangent. And Blake Lively, which she goes to dinner with and hangs out with quite frequently. One thing I want to call out with these little rendezvous she's been having is her fashion choices. Now, I wish Taylor was a little bit more daring when it came to her everyday garb, if you will. But again, that's just me and my maximalist coming out. She tends to have a little bit more of a casual, understated sense of style. And that really hasn't wavered over the years. But the thing I want to call out with her recent outfits and choices, which someone will have to let me know if you're aware, if you know the behind the scenes scoop on this, or maybe I'll have to message Taylor Swift styled on Instagram and ask if she knows. I don't think she uses like a stylist for everyday outfits, like when she just goes to dinner and stuff. I think that's just like her personal wardrobe. Perhaps someone's putting them together for her, but I think that she's just like getting dressed like the rest of us. But again, this is why we need vlogs. I need a vlog. I need to know, is she just like, hmm, I'm in the mood to wear a skirt? Or is someone like, you haven't been photographed wearing a skirt. This brand wants to see you wear this skirt. Like, I need to know the details behind that. Again, what I want to call out with her fashion choices is not my opinion on them, but the fact that she's been alternating between black and blue. Why is this significant? Okay, I feel like it's either one of two things. It's either the blaring obvious fact that we have 1989 and then reputation, or there's a new theory swirling around. And if you're on TikTok, you've probably seen this, but I wanted to talk about it a little bit more in depth because I think it has some weight to it. We might totally be, let me, let me go ahead and just pull out the drawer and put on my clown nose while we're speaking. Basically, this theory states that maybe it's not quite reputation season yet, And maybe it has to do with that old kind of Shania Twain theory, which if you're a new Swifty, I'll break it down for you. But essentially the theory is that Shania Twain, I don't know even know when, if this was, I think this was a long time ago, did like a two-sided album drop, like a side A and a side B. I have no idea. I'm not a big Shania Twainer, but I'm assuming they were two different sides. Like one had 10 songs, the other had 10 songs or whatever it might be, or I don't know if it's also two different genres. I believe it was just like two different, a two-sided album, if you will, CD. This used to be more common when there were CDs. But people are thinking, what if Taylor does either one of two things, like an A and a B side for 1989, where one side is like a rock version of the album and one is the pop version. And that's why we have like blue for the, like the pop and black for rock. I don't think that's the case. I think that's a little too niche. What I think is, let's go back to the facts. We know Taylor has stated many a times that she has recorded, or she didn't record, sorry, she created something like upwards of 80 songs for 1989 originally, and then had to dwindle it down. She went mad writing songs for 1989. 
So the fact that we're only getting five vault tracks really puzzles me. And I just, with the amount of hype around 1989, how excited Taylor has stated she is so many times, how she's like really talked this up and how 1989 was really kind of the pivotal point for her career where she established herself as like a true pop star icon. I feel like she can't just do a regular old album. Like there's got to be a twist. I just am not fully sold yet that this is all we're getting, especially with this whole Google hoopla situation, which we'll talk about in a moment. But I, I am losing hope a little bit because I feel like even though we've had like the Google madness and the game and all of that, it just kind of seems like this album is going to be normal, like no features on the vault tracks. I don't know. But the one thing that has me kind of holding on to hope with this specific double-sided album perhaps is what if side b or like the second side the dark side if you will is like the dark songs that she didn't want to release to the world but now she does so like maybe the dark side of her mind that's where the black is coming into play and perhaps all of those songs would be where we would see some features on 1989 and the reason i think this has the tiniest of legs and why i'm running with it is When she's been wearing black and blue, there have been two specific outfits. Her after-party outfit for the VMAs, which we talked about on the last episode, that denim number from that brand, which someone called out in my DMs. Haven't fact-checked this, but someone said it was made of entirely recycled uh, denim, which is pretty cool. But nonetheless, that specific outfit we know was worn by Sabrina Carpenter. She also wore out to dinner recently, I think it was just like a black top like a plain black top maybe it was one shouldered actually uh with like a gray pleated school skirt with a buckle and that exact skirt gracie abrams wore i think while performing for taylor at the air store opening for her she wore that exact skirt so like you're telling me out of all the clothes in the world out of all the choices taylor could make whether she's walking in her closet and picking this out for herself or someone's styling her There are like a bajillion outfits she could choose. Maybe she was just inspired by both of them and was like, oh, I love these outfits they wore. Would love to wear them. Not totally sure. Maybe that's the case. And we're totally overthinking this. But I don't know. I just think it's a little strange that she would wear those outfits of like two people who are obviously friends of hers and so close to when they both wore them. But let's get into the meat and potatoes of what this week has entailed so far, which is this Google vault game. I'm calling it the Google game. Taylor really said like, loves a game, want to play when it came to this. And I feel like it came out of nowhere, by the way. I'm not sure like where, who even discovered this? Like was someone just on Google and this popped up? I think like, people started to notice it like two days before it really caught up, caught wind. And I think actually the puzzle like feature wasn't fully there. I think it was just like a vault that was showing up that people were like, what's happening here? But I have some thoughts on uh, as to why Taylor did this and what her thought process was, especially if you guys have been following for a while. You know I own a marketing agency. You know I love marketing. You know I love digital marketing. You know I love advertisement, like that sort of brain. So I'm turning it on for this part of the podcast because I'm just curious. Like I was thinking, what was the point of this? Obviously, the point was to like release the vault tracks, but this was like an extreme investment on her end. <laughs> she had to like probably had an entire – I'm just imagining. Like I was thinking about this. The Google office, the people, the little Google tech guys and gals that are just like feverishly typing, like coding this this situation during the day because you know it crashed and nobody could access it. Like 
I feel like half the half the world didn't even get to play this puzzle situation because it was just like such a mess. But I'm just imagining them like feverishly typing, wearing Eras Tour merch, like with their hoodies pulled up, and it's like a dark room, and they're just like must code Taylor Swift. Anyways, maybe that's not how it went at all. But I'm curious how far in advance as well she had to plan this. Like, was she having meetings and planning this with Google like a year ago, or did she like have this? thought over coffee like two weeks ago and she was like hey google let's do this regardless i feel like the main purpose aside from announcing the tracks obviously was like to keep the hype for 1989 going while we still have about a month ish and some change before it comes out and obviously she doesn't want it to get to get muddled with the fact the air store film is coming out so number one i think it was to keep the hype going i think the actual real reason was taylor was probably in a meeting she was telling her people I want to make sure Scooter Barf and Scott Bruschetta get the least amount of money from this 1989 release because inevitably there will be people who are not Swifties who are like, I'm curious about this album, what's happening. They're going to go stream the regular 1989. There's going to be a lot of Google searches. There's going to be people wanting merch. And inevitably when you type in 1989 Taylor Swift, it's going to be all of the past stuff from the original era popping up and she is probably wanting to wipe that from the internet as much as possible. So her thought was let's partner with literal Google, the biggest search engine in the world. Let's partner with them and get Swifties Googling me 30 bajillion gazillion times in a span of a few hours. And boom, I am now the most Googled person on the planet. See you later, Messi and Cristiano Lowe whatever, Ronaldo, my boyfriend's going to roll over if he hears me say this. Huge soccer fan he is, by the way. Not me, but I am aware of who they are. And they previously, before this Google game, were the most searched people on the internet. Now Taylor is. Not sure how, how long this will last, but I think this was a genius marketing move nonetheless. And I think it was probably for SEO, searchability, getting Taylor's version to be ranked higher ranked than OG 1989, And I want to touch on my thoughts in terms of the significance of 33 million. Because I was like, 33 million puzzles, number one is a lot. She knew we would do it in like 24 hours. Absolutely knew we would do it. But why 33? I talked about this in my recent reel on Instagram, but I, I it had me thinking about that post from December 2022 where there's that dollar bill, which has a lot of us like really confused. And people were like, is it a look what you made me do clue? What is the reference? She's in the studio. She's sitting on the floor. I think there's a guitar on the floor. Jack Antonoff's next to her sitting on like the piano bench and she's holding up three and three. You could say, oh, it's because she was turning 33. Sure, that would be really obvious, but we know Taylor and we know there's more to this. So there's been a lot of theories in terms of like, maybe it's six, like supposed to be three and three isn't six. Like, is it hinting towards reputation since that's a six studio album? Is it, what is it? And I thought it was interesting that she chose the number 33 million. Is it just, why why wouldn't she have chosen 13 million? You know, why 33? So I feel like we can't let this go just yet. Um, But I did think it was interesting when the vault was actually solved. There was like a key, right? And the key unlocks the vault. She starts talking. Which, by the way, I call bluff. That does not sound like Taylor's real voice. Someone messaged me and was like, do you think this was AI? And I wouldn't be surprised. which if it was, 
would probably tell us that this idea came about a lot faster than we think because if it was kind of rushed and she was like, yo, I don't have time to go record this, they were like, oh, no problem. We'll just use AI, like T-Swift AI to record your voice. That would mean it probably popped up like this idea was kind of quick. But who knows? I have no idea. Maybe it was her real voice. But I do think – I'm going on a tangent. But the, the, the audio track that plays was very reminiscent of – the 1989 deluxe version, the OG deluxe version, where there's all of those voice memos where she kind of talks through, um, like, hey guys, when I was making this song, yeah, da, 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 da. And so it has me hopeful that 1989 TV will also have those voice memos, which I would love and would be the closest thing we're going to get to the, uh, the vlog that I am holding out for. Now, I got a lot of messages from you guys talking about the glittering, shiny letters. So if you had a chance to get in there, play the puzzle, there were these letters, like some of the letters on the scramble, word scrambles, were like sparkling, kind of glimmery, kind of sparkling. And I sent a spreadsheet to you guys in my broadcast channel, breaking down all of the different clues. If you go to the answers tab, a lot of people have been in there trying to decipher, like there are screenshots of all of the glittering letters and then people are trying to jumble them and figure out what they spell, if anything at all. And one of the ones that I thought was interesting was that with the shining letters, it spells boy genius which we know she loves Boy Genius. I really don't know anything about Boy Genius, except the fact that Taylor does love their music. Um, but I will call out, even though you can spell Boy Genius and a few other different words, like you can actually spell Eras Tour out of it, I think. Um, there are still letters left over regardless. Someone mentioned, and I, I didn't fact check it, that you could spell Target Bonus, which we could talk about in a minute because I, I do want to go over the five vault tracks and kind of my thoughts. So as a recap, those five vault tracks are, number one, is it over now? Number two, now that we don't talk. Number three, say don't go. Number four, suburban legends. And number five, has my jaw on the literal floor, slut, with an exclamation point. Now, the only other song in Taylor's discography that has an exclamation point is me. So what if, what if... And maybe this was like a major Easter egg from years before. What if me, exclamation point, is somehow tied to slut? I can't even say that without giggling because that would be so iconic. And maybe me, because it is such a hated song. Listen, I love me. I also love Welcome to New York, which a lot of people don't like. I do not love It's Nice to Have a Friend, though. I have to throw that in there. I, that is one of my least favorite Taylor Swift songs. Love her, but that song's got to go. What if me all of a sudden like comes full circle and makes so much sense? Because maybe me was like a love letter to herself after writing Slut, which we know Slut. If, if it's, I mean, it's a vault track. So assuming she wrote it all those years ago. I have a feeling Andrea shot that down, by the way. Uh, young Taylor was absolutely not going to ruin her career by putting out a song called Slut. But a lot of people think that the song Slut is referring to, I don't even think I've said that word more than like maybe once in my whole life. 
so now that I'm saying it like 10 times, it sounds funny. A lot of people think that song, or they're almost positive, that that song is referring to all of the bad press that Taylor was getting around the time that she was releasing 1989 because she was really coming off, not even coming off, she was still in the midst of this era where all people talked about when talking about Taylor Swift was the fact that she was like a boy chaser and that she was just, it was all about boys and she loved boys and boys were the center of her universe And we know 1989, um, make sure to revisit my past episodes if you're like, I want to learn more about this. But we know 1989 is all about Harry Styles. So I don't know. Maybe we'll have some Harry references. Maybe if she knew Slut was going to be added as a vault track, she was like, I can't have Harry on the album. I have no clue. But this leads me to my next question, which is the tone of these tracks. Like I'm dying to know, are they going to be angry? Are they going to be upbeat? The overall vibe that we're getting so far in terms of like the Polaroids we've seen, the color scheme is like happy, beachy, fun, like girly Taylor. So I don't know. Slut has me befuddled and I am, you bet your bottom dollar. The second that I hear after I listen to Welcome to New York TV, I am passing and going down to Slut because I'm dying to know. Anywho, in terms of merch, I feel like... uh, why? Why do we have so many vinyls? The vinyls are out of control. Is this normal? I feel like this is like an absurd amount of vinyls. I feel like every week we've gotten like three new vinyls and that's it. I'm not holding my breath for this merch drop for in terms of 1989 um, based on what I've seen in the past. But if it is anything like that cute black and white kind of retro-y tea that came out, the distressed one that I, I did a review on on my Instagram, I will be thrilled. I would love to see a lot of seagulls. I would love to see something reminiscent of what she wore on the OG album cover, like that seagull kind of galaxy print moment sweatshirt. But nonetheless, I'm patiently waiting for literally anything. I don't care if it's a deck of cards or a notebook or a beanie. Give me anything but a vinyl. I think we're all vinyled out. Maybe it's me. But speaking of merch, I did post this on my Instagram stories this week, but AMC, get this, I'm so, so jazzed. Uh, And I have a lot of questions that have come from this one uh, leak. AMC has friendship bracelets that they are going to be giving out. So if you are not seeing the Aristore film at an AMC and maybe you're going to like a Regal or something, make sure to pop into an AMC. Now, one of you did the Lord's work and did a little wild goose chase and called your local AMC. Again, this is hearsay. This could be specific to that one follower's AMC location. But they were curious, which was a very valid question. I'm glad you did this. Thank you, follower who sent this in. You called your AMC and wanted to know, hey, will the popcorn buckets and the cups and whatever else is being sold in terms of Aristore merch at these movie theaters, will it be available to, number one, people who are not moviegoers and you just want to walk in and buy it? They said yes. Number two, when will it be for sale? So they are going to be on sale starting October 13th when the theaters open. This lovely person who did this research and called their local AMC said the person on the phone said hey a lot of AMCs open around 11 a.m but some might be opening early at 10 a.m to prepare for the Eras tour film situation madness so make sure to call your local AMC or check google listings and clarify what time they're opening because I have a feeling that there will be an entire merch line happening for people who just want to get the popcorn bucket and the cup and perhaps a bracelet. I don't know if the bracelets are being distributed for free. I'm assuming they're going to be for free. Um, They're really cute. If you haven't had a chance to see them, I'll send a picture to you guys in the broadcast channel, but they're like red, purple, and white. And then 
like the letters on them say AMC. How freaking cute is that? I feel like it's such a good collector's item. If you guys did like a shadow box or anything with your Eros tour tickets or maybe plan on doing one for the movie, who knows? I think it would be really cute. Really, really cute collector's item to add. And obviously like 10 years from now, I'm sure you could sell it for a lot of money if you were in a pinch. But can we just talk about how like the bead industry is just quaking? This like Taylor Swift friendship bracelet like frenzy has has truly sold out so many lovely small businesses of their bead inventory, which is awesome. Um, And speaking of beads and bracelets, one quick thing I'll give you before we close out today's episode is I want to give you guys a friendship bracelet recommendation. I believe it is linked in my bio. I am 99% positive, but it's on Etsy. Two lovely, lovely girls. Shout out to Cat and Company. I have met them in person at opening night. I have worked with them uh, and I have a code for you guys as well. I don't get anything from this code. I just want to share it with you because it's fun. And if you're looking to trade bracelets at the Ares Tour film but don't have time to make them or you do want to make them, they have two options for you. So Cat and Company 13, like Cat as in C-A-T, and Company number 13. Very cute. Um, They offer kits, like pre-made plastic kits where it's got all the beads you would need and the string to make bracelets. And you could choose what era kit you want. So if you want like red, it'll have all red beads. Um, Lover, it's like pink, purple, and blue, um, et cetera, et cetera. So you can choose a kit and you can use my code to save 13% off or you can buy pre-made bracelets. They sell them individually or in packs of 10. And I believe you can customize your packs as well. Like you could choose based on what era uh, if you want it to be explicit, not explicit, kid-friendly, etc. So I'll send you guys that link as well because I, I, I'm just curious. Like, what are the vibes? What are the vibes? Make sure to send me a message because I want to know, are we getting there? Are we camping out at the movie theaters? Are we showing up like normal and just like getting our snacks, mingling, b- trading bracelets, going to the bathroom, and then grabbing our seats? Like, I am going to be locked and loaded, bracelets strapped, boots on, outfit camera ready instagram photo ready at like 9 a.m that day because i'll just be so excited but i'm dying to know maybe we'll do like a tailor gate maybe we'll do a tailor gate i love this idea i just realized i didn't prepare a fan theory uh for today's episode so we're gonna close out with that one (laughs) i've been rambling uh lots to come crossing my fingers for a single i would die if we got a music video i don't think we're getting a music video just because she's been going to a lot of dinners folks when on earth has she had time to film a music video but who knows maybe that's what she does all day long this is why we need a vlog i'm going to speak a vlog into existence regardless cannot wait i've had a hip-hop and time clowning with you guys per usual and i will see you on the next one bye Thanks for tuning in to today's episode. I know all too well how busy life can be and I am so grateful that you chose to stay, stay, stay. Now just know this is me trying and I would greatly appreciate if you took a minute to leave a review or maybe share this episode with a fellow Swifty. Make sure you join my broadcast channel on Instagram for more Swiftivities. And long story short, this love is real and I'm beyond grateful for your support. See you next time.